Hey, what's going on ATL gang? It's your boy Tuan here once again. Uh, just got off a pod with Nav. Um, we just had a great, great conversation regarding, you know, the first full week of games in the NBA. Um, quickly talk about, you know, our opening thoughts on how everything went, how everything broke down, some of the surprising teams in the East and the West. Um, gave our thoughts on some of the, the surprising players that have kind of popped off and had a great start so far to the season. Um, quickly talk about the Raptors, obviously the best team in the East. And uh, yeah, we just kind of go through um, just some of the, the things that um, were top of mind, some topics that we wanted to talk about. So hope you guys enjoy. Thank you guys for joining us for another awesome NBA season. And peace. Welcome back to another episode of the ATL Podcast. We're exactly one week into the NBA regular season, and there's already so much going on, so much to talk about. Who would have thought the Blazers, the Spurs, and the Jazz? Yes, the Utah Jazz are top the Western Conference standings. And on the flip side of that, 76ers, Miami Heat struggling a little bit, um, getting off the starting blocks within the Eastern Conference. So to break down everything that's happened so far, of course, no one other than my homie Nav. What's popping, baby? Man, Tuan, what's up? It's quarter to nine here on the East Coast. I'm recording a podcast, and in the background, I got the NBA on TNT. We got Dallas playing the Pelicans, obviously without Zion and Ingram for just some short-term injury situations. But man, we got a full roster of basketball this evening. It's Tuesday, Shaq. And Barkley and Kenny and EJ are on the panel right now. It's halftime. The NBA is back. It's a great feeling. Hey, man, the last week I've consumed way too much basketball, either full games of the Raptors or highlights of the Pacers, the Bulls, the, yeah, the, the Bucks. Like, man, all these, all these random teams, I'm trying to get a glimpse, an idea of some of the, some, some, some of the teams and how they're being constructed and how they're playing. So definitely a lot that's happened so far. And, you know, you bring up Zion. Um, I got tickets to the the Clippers and Pelicans game for, for Sunday. And, man, I like I got them last week. And I'm like, man, I really hope he doesn't get hurt. So I know he's out for this game because of that, like, hip contusion. He, he got blocked by Clarkson on that dunk attempt. So I'm yeah, really I'm just, like, ass. fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that he's playing Sunday. That would be a sick game if him and Ingram are playing against um, Kawhi and PG. I think they will be. Well, I think Zion will be. It's just kind of like he fell on his ass. I think it's yeah. more bruise than anything, but I've actually had a similar injury before. Those bruises, you kind of feel like you've pulled or strained something, uh, but I think it was confirmed that it was just a bruise. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be pretty mild or just uh, precautionary for him to just get that rest day. Um, and I, I think... Ingram has a concussion, so shitty that I, I have have Luca and Zion met. Have they how many times have like I feel like that I haven't really seen a matchup with those two guys in like a prime time game ever, especially with Zion being out last year. But uh I digress. But um cool. So what are your hey, yeah, let just let's let's quickly talk about you know the first week so far. How's everything like what are you seeing? Any any themes or any uh patterns you see you're seeing throughout some of the teams, some of the players, 
anything that just kind of comes to your mind as you kind of uh, talk about the first week that's gone by so far? Yeah, three things that stick out right off the bat is it's amazing to have a healthy league. You know, Paul George dropping 40 the other night. Uh, Damian Lillard just been going off the last four games for the Blazers. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, it's great to see him back on the floor. It's great to see a healthy league. Not as many injuries, not, a, not as many guys sidelined. And it's just making for way more competitive basketball. Second point I was going to make was the East and like the top eight in the West, it's, it's an absolute gauntlet. And you're just getting a lot of close games. Uh, they might not look as close on the box scores, but they're going down to, you know, midway through the fourth. Really good uh, competitive basketball. Um, and the last thing, and you mentioned it just with a couple of teams that are having a slow start, got this one, biting this one off Zach Lowe. I was listening to him uh, this afternoon on my way, just running some errands. The Lakers, Nets, and Sixers, as of, I think yesterday, are combined two and eight. Yeah. Think about that, two and eight. Um, and we were, you know, when we were previewing the regular season, talking about the Sixers, we were praising their offseason moves really hopeful or really we were expecting you know a hot start coming out the gates and i mean the lakers obviously no brainer there but pretty surprised with the sixers and Nets start yeah so let's let's quickly touch on the lakers i don't want to get i don't want to talk about them too much i did go to the home home, home opener against the clippers took took one of uh my buddy uh, his name's tim he's actually a big big fan of the podcast so shout out tim was good baby um but yeah we went to that game and um lakers had played uh like two days previously and then there was this is the clippers first game i believe and first off Kawhi came off the bench hit like two shots right away we're like oh shit this is Kawhi back but he kind of like he he didn't play that well um just got to see john wall john wall played really well too like after being out for a year and a bit whatever how long it was and then um just watching the lakers brick as many shots as i did i know we like we talk about westbrook like West, westbrook and all that stuff but it, it is pretty shitty how the media is just like completely turned on him he had a terrible game um so did like kendrick nunn so did patrick beverly so that yeah the, those guys are missing shooting obviously and then when you think of the other two teams that you mentioned 76ers um the Nets, uh, I think it's just, again, those guys are trying to play together, especially the Nets. Ben Simmons doesn't look uh, like he's, you know, improved at all. And I think the 76ers are going to be fine. Um, they're just off to a slow start. They've, who, who they played? I think they played the Celtics, Bucks, Spurs, and Pacers. So, well, like, yeah, it's going to be a coin flip with the Celtics and Bucks. They probably shouldn't have lost to the Spurs. And then they got their first W um last night against the Pacers so I think things will definitely like work themselves out but yeah definitely I when you look at like the Eastern Conference compared to the Western Conference it's a little different than what you would expect especially in the West with like the like I mentioned before with the Blazers Spurs Jazz um kind of being at the top three there uh so far so yeah a, a lot going on so far this week um opening week and yeah i just wanted to kind of start off by asking you like what's your surprise team so far um from out of all 30 teams is there a team that surprised you um that's played better than expected uh worse than expected or even just kind of like the roster construction anything that's kind of 
um, kind of, you know, just anything that you can think of that kind of just came up and popped up when, when you're looking at the, you know, teams that um, have played a week so far. Yeah. I mean, let's just, I'm going to continue on the topic of the Sixers, you know, in the Eastern conference, you know, I'm more alarmed with what's going on with, with the Sixers and I'll, I'll explain why in just a second. And then in the Western Conference, I'll, I'll talk about a team that has been a major bright spot so far, and it's not the Utah Jazz. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I think I'm more doom and gloom about Philly, just because when I think of Embiid, when I think of Harden, when I think of Doc Rivers, I just get concerned. And I have about five to six years of sample size to prove why, you know, I might be concerned about that trio. But um, I think, you know, more specifically, Harden, Maxi, and Harris are complete liabilities on defense. And if that's going to be sort of, you know, the starting five, which it is, they're they're not going to win a championship. And the reason is because they're not going to even get out of the Eastern Conference. It's way too hard for guys like Maxi and Harden to have to guard people like uh, Jason Tatum, um, Giannis, Kevin Durant, you know, at any given time. They they're uh, they're holes on defense. So that's going to that's going to be a major problem, I think, throughout the regular season. And um I don't think Embiid and Harden can coexist. You know, I think the one thing that we're noticing this season in in the first four games, way too easy, or sorry, way too early, is that Harden's playing fantastic and Embiid is not. And there's something going on with Embiid, with the body language, with the assertiveness. Um, It's not what you'd expect from someone who was the runner-up for MVP and had explained how pissed off and hungry he was going into this season. He's not playing that way. He's not playing like he wants to rip anyone's head off. And I feel as though, you know, they probably have the ability to switch stylistically, you know, in the next 10 to 15 games, if this doesn't work out, but right now they're playing like a Houston esque style of basketball. And I just don't think it looks very good for Harden. Um, So hot takes for the Sixers. If this is the way things are going to be by trade deadline, Embiid's name is going to get start getting peppered into trade talks. Just pepper, not going to happen, but it's gonna it's gonna start becoming like a thing. And Doc is fired. That that's a hot take. That's a hot take. But um, yeah, I I think it's too early. Like Harden has been looking pretty good, um, just scoring wise and just getting to the to the basket. Last last season, I think what did he have a hamstring injury? Um, was that the main main injury last year? But he was definitely like a step slower. Um, but for the first, you know, for, uh, through the first four games so far, um, he's what at 27, 10, and nine. So he's almost averaging a triple double. Um, you probably don't want him to be scoring that much, to be honest, especially on this team. And you would like to see that assist number go up. Um, but again, he, he what he had 20, 30 games with the 76ers last year at the trade deadline. So they haven't been together that long. Um, I know they're still trying to incorporate like PJ Tucker into the offense, how he's going to help out on defense. And I think they're still trying to figure out how Maxi is going to play next to Harden. Cause I think Maxi is the the X factor for, for this team. Again, they're, they're one and three. They lost to the Celtics. I, it was the first game of the season. It was a high scoring game and B looked out of shape. Um, Looked looked frustrated in the Bucks game, but you know you're being guarded by a solid, solid Bucks team, Bucks defense in that um, uh, in that game, and then they definitely shouldn't have lost to the Spurs. And then yeah, they got their first W yesterday against the Pacers. So I think again, once they get that first win and once they kind of get 
rolling a little bit. And once they kind of get an easier part of their schedule, um, heading into like the middle of the season, they're going to be able to win a lot of games again. Cause this team is, it's not like their starting five is probably one of the best starting fives I would say in the league. But then when you have like Melton and Niang and Montrez Harrell, or even like Quarkmaz, uh, and I don't think Matisse Thibault has played many, like any minutes at all. He's kind of like been, um, uh, he's deep, deep uh, along the bench now. So right. I think they're just trying to figure out their like rotation right now, but they're going to be fine. I don't think there's going to be too much of an overreaction for the 76ers. I think Harden just, once he's able to, again, get in the groove, I think Embiid's probably going to just have to take a few um, games to kind of get really into game shape. Again, he's such a big guy that played a lot of minutes last year, especially for a guy that had early early career injuries and just trying to monitor how many like games he plays and minutes he plays, I think. But I, I think they're fine. Um, in the like grand scheme of things, but definitely not the ideal start for the 76ers. But I think they're they're gonna be on track and on pace to you know be another 50 plus team, 50 plus win team uh, when it's all said and done. Man, their their defense is terrible. Like they actually are like trash perimeter defenders. They they allowed 106 points to the Pacers. I know it was one of the games that they won, but they're allowing so many points per game. Um, and their bench is quite concerning as well. Like when you look at their bench scoring, um, when you got, where's it here? Um, you got Niang, House, Melton, and Harrell, all no-shows in their last four games. So they're they're relying heavily, heavily, heavily on their starting five. Um, my concern is that Maxi, like Maxi is, I think one of their most talented players. He scored eight points against the Pacers. I just don't think stylistically the supporting cast can really do much when Harden is be is so ball dominant. And again, it's that Houston model, right? Like you can't really get Tucker and Maxi involved when you're running pick and roll Harden and beat all game. And, um, and Harden is dominating the ball. So they're going to have to make some changes. They're going to have to turn Harden back into that facilitator that he was last season and just find that healthy balance. But I think the concern in terms of just becoming uh, a major threat in the East is just going to be defensively for this team. Defensively. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I, I, uh, I don't know. I don't have the stats for well, how they like were last Harden, year. Harden, Harris, and Maxi are liabilities on, on defense. Uh, uh, Tobias Harris wasn't bad last year, especially in, in, in that playoff series against with the Raptors. I think he was one of the better defenders, especially since he's a bigger body. I know he's not quick, but if you're trying to have like a Siakam or like a Jalen Brown try to post him up, I think he's fine in that in those situations. Uh, but again, that was a smaller sample size. But he he like that was the one thing I got away like I took away from um, last postseason was how fast and good Tyrese Maxey was, and then like how decent of a defender Tobias Harris was. So right, but when you switch and create mismatches, and then you got you got someone backing down Maxey, then what do you do? Or you got someone backing down Harden? I mean, it, it's 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 hearsay. I mean, we got to watch it pan out, but I think that their major flaw is going to be defensively. Yeah, no, for sure. Like for how, sure. Well, I, I think that's the only thing. Cause that, that's really the only thing that you can really like point to be like, Hey, this team's going to struggle in that, in that sense. Cause they're going to be a dynamic offensive team for sure. Um, their starting five is probably like, is there a better starting five than that starting five that they have? And 
um hard right, and maxi concern is i think my concern is how do you unlock that offense like doc rivers has some decisions to make because right now they're running everything through harden we've seen like we've seen over like a decade what happens when a team runs through harden it isn't it's, it's not such a bad thing though especially for a guy that's come off you know a, a very like lackluster year for his expectations um to kind of get his like mojo going and his groove going i think we know what mb can do on a daily basis now we know what massey can do now i think it's just you know i the, the the biggest piece to this whole thing is james harden how he facilitates how he scores how he shoots again the regular season really doesn't mean shit in, in the whole scheme of things especially with like james harden and dog rivers um you know pass failures in the in the postseason so I, this is all like this is all them just trying to figure out how they, again, get some seating within the Eastern Conference, but also how they're able to put the best five and then the best, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth man together um, throughout the season. So I'm not too worried about how they're looking right now, but uh, it'd be interesting to see as the, you know, weeks go on, as we get closer um, to, you know, the, the all-star game, you know, the dead, trade deadline, how these teams kind of like solidify and how they kind of, you know, like you said, how they might look defensively and how they're going to be playing offensively with such like so much potent uh, offensive players out there. So definitely, you know, interesting, interesting team to keep an eye on, especially with all of like the preseason predictions, having them as kind of like the first uh, or the best team in the East. And now they're struggling to come out of gates, but I think they'll get it back together. But again, great points on, on your part to kind of call out some of the stuff that they're, um either that they're missing or that isn't like gelling too well right now but i think you know when, when it's all said and done they'll, they'll, they'll be fine top three in the east and yeah we'll see how kind of everything comes comes together my other team that i had kind of um on the list as a surprising team in the east i did have the miami heat just because we were able to or i was able to watch um their last two games against the Raptors, they had a back-to-back -back, um, against the Raptors at home. So with the Miami Heat, they lost to the Bulls um, in their home or in their season opener. I think that's when DeMar went off for like 35, kind of had that classic DeMar game. Uh, they lost to the Celtics in the um, battle of last year's Eastern Conference Series. And then they beat the Raptors by three after... After basically blowing a big lead after that kind of kerfuffle with, uh, what's his name, Caleb Martin and then uh, Coloco. That was kind of fucked up, but yeah. And then they lost yesterday uh, to the Raptors. Um, basically, the Raptors just took that game in the fourth. But again, this is a team that is has been consistently very good, especially in the playoffs under Spolstra. Um, ever since Jimmy Butler's gone there, you know, that team's kind of revol revolved around him. They got Tyler Hero last year, sixth man of the year. Now he's starting and he looked, he looked really good. Yesterday he had 15 rebounds actually for a guard. Um, and again, Lowry, he's that, I, th I think Lowry is kind of their, um, I don't know what, I don't know, like their weak spot right now. Cause he's, he struggled all of last year. I know he had like some injuries, he had some personal issues but even the 
Like the the first game against the Raptors, they played a little better, but yesterday's game was kind of horrendous. And that's kind of like what you don't want to see as a Miami fan or my Miami Heat fan, just because of like when his shot's not going and he's not getting some of those calls in the paint, um, especially at his age now, what he's like 34, 35, like he's getting old. He's on the wrong side of 30 now. So um, yeah, and then I, there's uh, who else is on that team? They got... Um, Trying to think of like their like Bam obviously is still gonna be a huge factor and um probably defensive player of the year candidate, probably another all-star appearance. Uh, and you know, they have all the shooters around them, Struess, like you mentioned there, and Robinson, again, a guy that they gave a lot of money to two seasons ago, hasn't really panned out. They're finding these undrafted second round dudes that come in and just replacing that production. So yeah, I think Miami Heat. They're they're struggling right now, but you know what? What are your thoughts uh, if if you're able to watch any of the games that they played in the last last week or so? Yeah, I mean, you when you watch Miami, you always wonder how the heck do they always do it? They're very Raptors esque, very Raptors esque. You know, I think Nick Nurse and Eric Spolstra might be two of the most active coaches on the sideline if you're watching them uh, game manage. You know, it's not it's not the type of rosters that you can kind of just let go. Um, you kind of had to micromanage those types of teams, right? And I think Nick Nurse and Eric Spoltra probably work just as hard as the players in in those in those regular season games. But no, I agree with everything you said. Uh, Jimmy Butler is just fucking sick. He's so good. He's so savvy, and he lets the game come to him. If he stays health, healthy throughout the regular season, which has been tough for him in years past, they're going to be in a lot of ball games, and that's going to keep them sort of afloat in the Eastern Conference because. He's just so good. And watching him play, he's so frustrating to watch the way he draws fouls um, and just lets the game come to him. So I think they'll pick it up. You know, they always seem to. But a couple of things I just want to mention is uh, Dayan and I were watching the game, the first one. They were down by 24. Coloco, uh, Coloco got kicked out. We're like, you know what? Let's enjoy this game. Like, Because we we're getting kind of bored. So we're like, let's just put a same game. Uh, let's just do a little same game bet. So put 30 bucks paid out 420 and we only lost by three. So we were pretty, we were pretty pumped. We thought, we thought we we're going to pull that one off. Oh man. If yeah, they, they had a chance. I think it was Gary Trent maybe had a few opportunities um, at the end of the, or close to the end of the fourth to, yeah. to get, yeah, it was, it was too, it was too, it was too big of a gap. To, too big of a gap. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Too big of a gap. So exhausted. And then yesterday, um, I, I placed another one and this one was a little, <laughs> this one was a little bit more far-fetched, but I was like, let's just go for it. So I hit on two of the three, it was Raptors to cover the three and a half. They won, yeah. um, 214 total points. I said under, and then I thought, oh, I thought OG might have a game cause it's been a while. I thought he'd have a game where he scored over 20 points. Didn't happen. True. That's a good bet. I like that bet. Yeah, yeah, you should uh you should let you should let the listeners know what kind of bets you're throwing out there on a weekly basis. Uh L's, baby. Yeah, I, I had I had a nice little bet when I went to the Lakers game. Oh yeah. I had the the <laughs> I had the Clippers minus six or it's minus five and a half. And then I got the under, which was like two twenty-six, and I hit on both on the last yeah, last second free throw. Bucks. Yeah, it was it was it was a last it was a last second free throw by yeah. um Covington. So Covington is my favorite player right now. <laughs> Cause yeah, it was, it was at, yeah. So the Lakers were down four and it was like seven seconds left. LeBron like loses the ball. 
is like five feet away from the three-point line. He chucks it, and someone under the basket, or Covington is under the basket, and he gets like pushed by somebody, and uh, with like 0.5 seconds left. <laughs> and I needed both free throws, and he, he came clutch. And yeah, it was, it was a nice W for sure, because I hadn't, yeah, first first game of the season, so that was definitely nice. But um, all right, enough of the, the, the betting of talks. Enough of the petty talks, but uh, uh, let's let's switch over to the Western Conference. I just want to kind of get your thoughts on any team um, that's surprising, either again a team that's uh, on the up, on the rise, or a team that's kind of floundering at the moment. And any team that uh, comes to your mind as we uh, switch over to the Western Conference. We're 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 going to the Western Conference. Yeah. 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 No, man, like, honestly, there's so many teams that I want to give a shout out to. I just feel like you got to give the Blazers their due just because of the way things have gone for that franchise over the last couple of years. You know, they they got rid of CJ McCollum and then they they hit a major sort of, what do you call it? They hit the crossroads where they're like, all right, do we build around Dame? Do we Do we trade Dame? Do we rebuild? And... They decided to surround Dame with what they thought was, you know, an athletic, competent supporting cast. And I think going into the season, I was very skeptical about what the Blazers were going to be able to achieve just because Dame had a super slow start to like, like preseason. He looked very meh. And I think the concern was that maybe he's not fully healed, but obviously it was just like, you know, they just, he didn't really ramp it up in preseason and he was just, he knew what his, he was going to be able to do in the regular season. And lo and behold, like four games in this, it's Dame time, you know, it's, <laughs> it's back to Dame time. And if it, if it, uh, if it continues, if it continues on this way, I mean, it's a major win for the Blazers. Um, they still have draft picks. They can still surround him with other players, but at the moment they're getting great productivity from their supporting cast, like Jeremiah Grant and Anthony Simons playing fantastic around Dame. And I think the cool thing is there was there was some skepticism around Jeremiah Grant because of just his history with Denver and Detroit, that whole thing about him wanting to be the guy. And, you know, I think Dame has shown that he is truly a leader um, and he's able to influence the people around him. And it seems as though things are working out really well with Grant and Simons in terms of his ability to uh, motivate them while still getting his so things are working out in that regard and then off the bench they're still a little light but I'm surprised by Nasir Little and Sh- Shaden Sharp so far especially Shaden Sharp like we thought like I remember you use this word in NFL fantasy but you're like I thought he'd just be like a stash you know I thought he'd be and it's only four games in crazy early but I thought that he'd be just like kind of like incubating in the G League and to see him on the roster contributing immediately is super, super uh, surprising. And it makes you very optimistic about the future of this franchise, as long as they're committed to building around what they currently have. Yeah, no, well, well said there, especially with with everything with Dame. I know I was watching a bit of the Blazers game against the Kings. I think it was the first game of the season. And he looked slow. He looked a little like, like he lost a bit of a step. I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is going to be what Dame looks like throughout the season. But um, against the Suns, against the Lakers, I he had back-to-back 41-point games. Um, huge 
win against the Suns in OT, I think that's a huge boost to that team, especially for um, or against a team that won, like basically took over the West last year. And then they were down. Um, they were down pretty bad against the Lakers going to or like in the middle of the fourth that, down by seven or eight. And then again, Dame, Dame just made huge shots and Westbrook took a two for one while he was up while the team was up. So, you know, it, it all worked out that way for them. And then I know they beat the, I was watching a bit of the Nuggets game yesterday with, uh, with Simons going off with the third. Simons is, is just a younger version of CJ, right? Like he's just, they're, I feel like they're the, same, like they're the same player. It's just a younger version. Probably could be probably better than CJ has a little more, you know, of a ceiling. Um, and, and like you said, Jeremy Grant had a, obviously a very like, um, role play like uh like a role that he played within the nuggets for a few years and then you know he got his stats up he was like a you know all-star candidate last year with detroit and now i think he's you know kind of finding that balance between being a second or third option on a really good team and trying to find that role where he was you know the guy that was guarding Kawhi leonard paul george you know all like the three four um or yeah guards um in the league. So I think if he's able to kind of be that lockdown defender, like an OG and a Nobi, you know, a, that, that type of player, but that also make, but also is able to shoot the three and attack the rim. I think he's going to be a huge, huge asset for that team. And then, like you said, Shaden Sharp, you know, a, a London, London native, Canadian boy, um, a guy that committed to Kentucky, didn't play. I, yeah. I don't think he played a, a game for them last year. So he hasn't played, a competitive basketball game in a very long time. And um, just from the, the highlights that I've watched, he looks good, man. He he looks like a good young player that has a great shot. He moves well on the floor. He's super athletic. He's like super bouncy. And I think um, he's like a great, great player to have um, coming off the bench. I think he's like playing like 15, 20 minutes to start the season so far. So he's not getting too much minutes. But if Dame gets hurt, if Simon gets hurt, if, you know, like Josh Hart, some of these guys that are more ball dominant gets hurt and he's able to kind of be inserted into the offense and be a primary or secondary ball handler, um, I think, man, he's he, he's good. He's going to be really good, um, especially, you know, to play under Dame and um, kind of another similar athlete in Simons. I think the uh, Blazers have a pretty, like, decent roster in terms of having that veteran presence in like Nurkic um, and Dane, but they're also having young uh, budding stars and Simons and, Sh and Sharp that I can see like a really bright future for them. So, you know, starting 4-0 is great for that team. Um, probably not sustainable, uh, but again, they're probably going to be a play-in team with Dane um, kind of leading the charge. It really depends if he's able to stay healthy, especially with how um, he missed so many games last year. But... Yeah, Blazers are a really, really nice kind of team um, to cheer for. And again, a, a, a team that has a great leader and, you know, really good young players to, to be able to watch out for. Yeah, I think it's going to be, they're still a wild card team, in my opinion, because they're just showing that the ancillary pieces around Dame are capable of scoring. Like they have very competent guards. Um, there's no saying, there's no, but like for them, I guess the pressure for them is not to win a championship, which is nice. They're they're going into this season with the expectation like they don't have to win a championship. They're just continuing to build their franchise. 
you know, there's still a possibility that they trade Dame, you know, in the haul that oh, they get. Sure. Yeah, like for the haul sure. that they get could be absolutely massive. Um, and it would just help continue building the 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 young future that they currently have, right? So they still have yeah, they man, Jeremiah Grant's an asset, Dame's an asset. Like they still they're a very interesting team. I think one that we should definitely keep an eye on. In ter- from a transactional standpoint they they should be licking their chops to hope like hoping that dame just kills it for the first you know two three months of the season and trade him and honestly go for like the 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 one or two prospects in this upcoming draft Wembenyama and scoot henderson would fit perfectly on that team yeah if, if they get scoot henderson as like their point guard or Wembenyama as kind of that another fucking i don't know i don't even know what he is like seven four card like that team would be nasty, but yeah, they're, they're kind of in, I don't know. They're, they're in a weird space right now because they don't like what, what their um, roster being constructed the way they, that it is. They're not bad enough to lose um, like the Orlando magic or like the OKC thunder. So obviously their odds are much lower to get hit one of those guys, but if they're able to trade Dame and just let Simons and sharp and Josh Hart kind of develop and hit on one of these Bay draft picks, you know, I think they're good there, but, and whatever they get back from the Dame Lillard trade, that's going to be like five first round picks or whatever it is. Like it's going to be a huge, huge haul. So um, yeah, I think if they're able to keep winning and get Dame's value up and make a move, I think that's probably the best like um, projection for that team. Uh, But yeah, I like what, I like what's going on there, but probably a lot of decisions to be made in the next few months for that team depend like, uh, surrounding Lillard and kind of what they hope to get back from or, or if they just keep him for the time being. Yeah, totally. They're one of those teams, like there's a couple of them in the league that I, th- I feel like we're just kind of waiting on them to rip the Band-Aid. And then as soon as yeah. they do, they're right into the sweepstakes. Like Indiana is one of those teams. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, so I had one more team, a surprising team here, the Utah Jazz. We can just quickly talk about them. Um, a team that lost, you know, their two of their perennial all-stars, basically the faces of the franchise for the last, what, five, six years, I would say. And they're three and one, you know, they, they peat basically like the juggernauts of the West in the Nuggets, Timberwolves, Pelicans, and they just lost yesterday to the Rockets. So, you know, a team that still has some veteran presence in Mike Conley, Rudy Gay, but you know, got you know a few new guys in there: Lori Markkinen, Colin Sexton, Malik Beasley, um, from that trade or from the two trades. So, you know, I think the the player that we, I want to highlight a little bit from this whole thing is like Lori Markkinen, guy that you know had a pretty good rookie year with the with the Bulls, and kind of you know played as played himself out of that starting lineup, got traded to the Cavs. Had a pretty successful year with kind of that three big man lineup with um, Jared Allen, Mobley, and marketing kind of playing the three there. And now he's being traded to to a team that really has no expectations. He's starting. He's getting you know um, minutes. He's getting time to you know work on his game, and he's playing pretty well right now. I think his stats right now twenty two nine and three. He's not shooting well but he's getting a lot of shots so um i I think with him colin sexton a guy that averaged 23 24 points per game two seasons ago 
had a you know a bit of an injury last year. Guys like Malik Beasley, Jordan Clarkson, these are these are all guys that are like six man, but they all can score. So if they play a little bit of defense and they can actually like they'll they'll put up numbers against your team. So um yeah, what are your thoughts on just just any thoughts on the Utah Jazz? Obviously nothing that's gonna be sustainable, but you know, it's just a lot of random pieces. They got THT mm-hmm. on this team, they got some rookies like like Walker Kessler, they got Oche Ajabi from Kansas. So, you know, a little mix of everything. Obviously, no nothing that comes kind of, kind of pops up at you, but just a lot of like good role players and you know, some veteran presence in there. No, for sure. I think Markman is gonna I think he's a fantastic, he's four years in the league. He's a fantastic basketball player. Um, Just situational. It's been situational over the last couple of years for him. If he finds that right fit with the right organization, um, he's an awesome third option on a really good team. Fourth option on a really good team. Um, Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, this is not what Ainge signed up for. (laughs) <laughs> this is not i'm just waiting when that team meeting when Ainge walks in and says guys fuck off <laughs> stop winning, <laughs> stop winning but but in all honesty um by the trade deadline clarkson will not be on the team conley will not be on the team markinen might not be on the team major trade value for markinen uh beasley they they're this is not sort of the trajectory that Utah wants to be in, you know, the sweepstakes that they want to be a part of. It's why Jan- Danny Ainge got rid of Mitchell. It's why he got rid of Gobert. Um, there's a there's a bigger mission in Utah, and it's not winning games. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, um, no, I think this is just it's good. Like it's good for the guys uh, because, I mean. They, you don't want to roll over and die. Like at least they're playing games with respect and like the vets can put some respect on their name. And I think they're all going to go to like just greener pastures. Or most yeah, of them. Like I don't like obviously for like, for me, when you, you hear all this talk about the Utah jazz trading away, their two best players, they're tanking, they're, they're in the charge in the lead um, to get Wembenyama, but they just have like a lot of good role players. You know, that like, um, like when you think of Jordan Clarkson, he's going to give you 20 points a game. Colin Sexton's going to give you 20 points a game. Markkinen's going to give you 20 points a game. It's like, these guys can go off at any time. So I don't think they're like OKC bad, right? Like, they're, I don't like I don't think they're going to be as That's bad as OKC. Point. So you're saying like, do they decide to, do, do they decide to just like use their draft capital and some pieces on their current roster to like add talent? No, no, that's not, sorry. I'm not, that's definitely not what I'm saying. I just mean like they're not as bad as people kind of okay, uh, you, you label think, them to be. You think um, they're to start like the season. In. You think they're I, all I, in? Yeah, they're all in. They're all in. But the, I feel like they're just like a little too good. They even have like Kelly Olinick, you know, like Kelly's a good player. Kelly Fantastic. can give you, you know, 27 and whatever, like on a random night. Like he's a great playmaker. He's, he can shoot the lights out of the ball. And just like they got all these guys that can play the, play the game. Right. But obviously they're like, fourth fifth guys on contenders but they just got a bunch of them they got a good quality guys one to like seven and eight dude so we had the same conversation last year with the wizards four games in <laughs> do you remember that <laughs> and i was like oh harold's gonna be like six man of the year they're so deep this, no this... you're right you're right you're right you're right i'm, I'm not i'm not trying to you know no, no, but you're right. Too much props, but they're just like they're 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 just a good like they're just a good team. They're a good team. They're, I don't think they're gonna be 
OKC bad, but uh, depending on what moves they make, they, they could be. But yeah, hey, let's just Conley. I know Conley was in Durant's draft class. Uh oh yeah, he was fourth. It was Odin, Durant. I don't know who the third. I forget who the third one was. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 It was yeah same 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 as the Odin draft class. They were they were teammates at Ohio State. Um. Okay. Uh, is there a player either in the East or the West? that um has kind of surprised you i know we've mentioned a few players just from the teams that um we, we quickly talked about but any player from maybe another team um that has surprised you either a rookie maybe an old vet or maybe a guy that you know is is a well-known player but just kind of is taking that step forward in the first four games or so any, any player that comes comes to mind when you think of surprising players so far in either conferences oh my god man i got three and i'm gonna unapologetically just let you know that it's they're all in the western conference john morant luka Doncic, and stephen curry man are you kidding me these guys are balling out of control right now luka Doncic is averaging 34 8 and 8 um john morant's averaging like 35 and curry's averages right now are 33 5 and 3 curry we it's like you almost get bored constantly mentioning him in these conversations but you have to remember last year it was just him and Draymond for the until the trade that or sorry until all-star break and he yep. was still playing really well he got the scoring he got the shooting title but he re, like after he got that shooting title or whatever that award for most threes he regressed real quick mm -hmm. and I think it was just major fatigue because there was no clay um so right now they got a healthy roster and the floor is wide open for him to cook because teams now have to give a lot of respect to Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, et cetera, et cetera. Curry is scoring and it looks a lot more effortless than it has over the last three years, which is something that you got to pay attention to. But I think the guy I really want to highlight or the, I don't know, man, Durant, Morant and Doncic, like these guys, everyone's making the game look so effortless right now. Like it's like they're toying with the defense, all three of these guys. It's crazy. It's amazing. Can I uh, quickly say that I've like to begin to like start of his career, I was never like the biggest fan of John Morant. I don't know. I don't know. It's like it's like how he comes off as like as a player, like, you know, a little cocky and like, but man the things that he's been doing the first few games is insane absolutely insane um just like not only like overall game where like his, his shooting's gotten better his playmaking's gotten better his handles has has gotten a lot better he's fucking chasing down blocks he's at like it does a highlight every single night this guy is such like a such an entertaining player and I, he dropped like 49 against the Rockets, like, in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the... F like, bro, like, I never really envisioned him as, like, the like such a potent offensive player. You know, I always thought, like, hey, he's super athletic. Um, a guy that probably is going to struggle from the three. Um, play, like, kind of like a D-Rose, John Wall type style. But he's kind of... He's different. He's a little different, man. Like, he's, like, kind of skinny, kind of scrawny. Has, like, just that little, like, twitchiness to him um 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I really like John Morant right now. I, I'm, and especially like we were like hoping that, you know, he could take that next step last year. He did. We were kind of like questioning if the Grizzlies were really as good as their record indicated. Um, but yeah, man, this guy, I don't know. Like, I, I know he was always kind of like an afterthought in the Zion draft, kind of being, oh, the second player. We don't know him and RJ. And Right now, is he is he more is he is he the better uh, is he the better player? Like when you even think of Zion being healthy and Jaw being healthy, like who would you rather have? Like, uh, I'm sorry, between Jaw and Zion. Yeah, yeah, Jaw Morant right now, absolutely. They're both generational talents. I think Jaw Morant and Steph Curry, at the moment, are the two most marketable players in the NBA. I think they're the most electrifying players in the NBA for their own respective purposes um but i think Doncic is playing like the best player in the nba but sorry but to go back to your uh question yeah i'd probably go john morant only because yeah it's just so he's electrifying yeah no he's proven it he's staying healthy he's proven it he's in the playoffs his team's you know playing really well especially for, for that young type of team and he's leading that charge with you know desmond bain um dylan brooks um triple j uh so he's yeah, having Grizzlies. like this trajectory like we've seen it before um all it like with especially without jaron jackson it's only helping his case uh this it's so early so 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 early but uh like this trajectory is is sort of an mvp this is when you like it's kind of it turns into an mvp season for a player yeah yeah, uh, he was he was second team last year, right? I think he was yeah. probably on the cusp, probably like the sixth, seventh best player in the league last year. If you just look at like all all NBA selection, um, but yeah, really, man, the the West is so gonna be so tight at the top. It's really like who can stay healthy, who's gonna have the best record um, at the end of the day. And I think that's who that's like it's gonna be Luca. It could be Steph. It could be John Morant. Um, it could be a bunch of players out of the West. So yeah, man. I, I never really thought he was this good, to be honest with you, especially coming out of the draft um, and coming out of Murray State. You know, he's that like mid, um, mid, mid-tier college player. And I, I didn't really think he'd be this good. But yeah, man, so early in his career and it's pretty amazing to watch how he's been able to take that like Memphis franchise that was the green grind team, Marcus Gasol, uh, Mike Conley, that that. that that transition has been seamless for this franchise and they're going to be contending for the next 10 years if they're just able to keep these guys healthy. Right. So, um, no, I like that pick. I like those picks. Um, I had one player in mind, um, and it's a rookie, the first overall pick, like the, the pick that, you know, people question when, you know, on draft night, was he supposed to be the number one pick? Was it supposed to be Chet? Was it supposed to be, um, who's that guy from Houston again? The, the, I forget his name, but uh, yeah, Paolo, Paolo Bencaro, um, so far in his rookie debut, 27, 9, and 5. Even though the Magic 0 and 4, we, we know they're going to be a bottom feeder within the East, but just watching the highlights on this guy and what he's like 6'10, he moves really well for a 6'10 dude, and he's he's huge, he's big. Like when you watch um, him, like just on TV and like like lengthwise and body wise, like he's, he's a big, big dude. Kind of reminds me a little bit Carmelo 
you take that any way you want, but a young Carmelo was a very, very exciting player. Um, and he's able to get a shot off. He has a great release, great dribble, like great handle for, for a big guy. Um, and he's going to be like an ISO nightmare for a lot of teams. So right now through four games, 23, eight and three, super impressive playing against younger guys that are looking to, you know, obviously kind of make their, uh, make their mark within the team, make the mark in the league. A team what's surrounded by Franz Wagner, um, Wendell Carter Jr., Bol Bol, um, who's the other tall? Bobamba, Jalen Suggs, um, yeah, all the all these young guys. They're they're, they're yeah they're gonna get smacked around. But I like having like he's such a good pick for them when you think about what they needed because they don't have like that one A guy. You know, Jalen Suggs is gonna be a good point guard. I'm not sure if he's gonna be able to stay healthy. But he's gonna be a good point guard. Franz Wagner is gonna be a great like general overall player for that team. Uh, so having kind of that go-to bucket getter, which a lot of teams need, a lot of teams will need. If you want to be a successful team, you need that one guy you can go to when you need a shot within the last few seconds of a shot clock or late game scenarios. I think he's gonna be a great player to have. So he's kind of my surprise player. I like what he's been doing so far. Obviously, rookies kind of especially with all that pressure being the number one pick and the doubt of him being the number one pick and kind of being that big. Bigs usually take a little longer to develop, especially in this league, but he's kind of more of like that hybrid 3-4 tweener um, that can play, you know, 3-4, even 5, I would say, especially with his size and his length. Um, so, yeah, he's he's a guy that I'm going to continue tracking throughout the year, see how he does and see, you know, that Orlando team is pretty exciting if you want to, like, see how some of those guys develop because they have so much talent. But this guy is definitely the the head, um, the lead player for that team. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I, I like kind of what he's been doing so far uh, just based off some of the highlights and stats that I'm looking at uh, for Orlando Magic and himself. Yeah, no, that's a great pick. Fine, like guys like uh, him, Cade Cunningham, Mobley, I know they're dr- different draft classes, Scotty Barnes. They carry themselves different. Like there's, there's a kind of like – when you look at their body language on the court, the way they, the way they move, they've, it's almost like they act like they've been here before Uh, the way that they talk. They're just so polished on and off the court. He's just one of those guys. He's, he's got, he's got the it factor, right? So a hundred percent. I'm, I'm really happy to see Jalen Suggs playing uh, really solid basketball because uh, it was kind of shitty. We dodged him. It looked like such a genius move from a side, but then he got injured and, didn't want to see his career like just fall off a cliff. So it's good to see him playing meaningful minutes for the magic and playing good basketball. Yeah, exactly. He, he had definitely a, like a struggle last year uh, trying to stay on the court. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I I, I like Jalen Suggs. I, I actually wanted him to be a Raptor uh, just based off kind of how he played at Gonzaga and kind of him sliding into that Lowry role, but Mind definitely you. happy that. Sorry. He's he's got a sprained ankle right now. <laughs> but like when he did play, I think it was like the home opener. He had like twenty one points. Yeah, I saw that he had a good uh, opening game of the season. I haven't caught up with what he's been doing um, the last two three games, but um, no, he's man, he's a good player. He's a really good player. He's gonna be, he's he's gonna have a great career. It's just finding like I know they have like young guards on that team. Who's that other? Um, Who's the other kid on on the the Magic that always like demands the ball? Um, Terrence Ross, Franz Wagner. 
No, no, no. The other, uh, the one with the, like the, the dreads. What's oh, his, name? his dad's in the NBA, or it was in the NBA. I forget yeah, his name. Sorry. Okay. Um, Dunk Cole Anthony. Yeah, Cole Anthony. Sorry, yeah, Cole he's Anthony. Like more. he, like yeah, Cole Anthony's like a kind of like a ball hog, right? Like he's 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 like like a score first point guard. So like, I don't know. Jalen Suggs is probably the better guy to lead that team, but um, yeah, that that team's terrible. <laughs> Just like. Is is Jonathan Isaac back on that team at all? Like he's supposed yeah. to be like, like no right? Like I haven't, I haven't heard. Not yet. Okay, okay, okay. Cool. Like, and they have Mark. They have Markel Fultz too. So it's like just a lot of weird pieces that they're trying to like trying to develop and see who's gonna kind of be the cream of the crop there. But yeah, it's like them in Detroit. They're just trying to like they're ready to they're ready to move forward. They they want to stop fucking with the draft. Yeah, yeah, they're ready to. They're ready to like, what do you call it? Take the baby steps, like both those teams in a perfect world. Because I think the other ones are gonna go into the Wembenyama sweepstakes, but like they'll be they'll be duking out in the play in the play in Detroit, Orlando. Um, that'll be great to watch. Great to yeah, watch. Good point. Good point. Yeah, I like I, I like I, I like Detroit's roster too. I don't want to go into it too much, but I like Detroit's roster too. I like what they've done. Love Detroit's roster. You know, so yeah, good good to see some of these like struggling East teams kind of make try to make their way out of that basement. Jonathan um, Ivy, another another one of those guys that like he just he acts like he's been here before. Like very, very comparable to Ben Carroll. I know Ben Carroll's having a better season so far, but like Ivy's playing great. Yeah, Jaden Ivy's playing uh great so far out of Purdue. Um there's a Jalen Jalen Duran, I think that's his name, the big. Um, I think he was in Memphis last year. Eighteen. Yeah, he's he's the youngest player in the league. Yeah, Jalen Duran is the, the youngest player in the league. Yeah, he's he's supposed to be really good. And obviously, Cade, they got Sadiq Bay. Um, who else is on that team? Uh, Bogdanovich. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, great, great, great pickup. Great pickup. Great pickup. You got Isaiah Stewart, who's his three point shooting is actually really surprisingly good. Um, the LeBron fighter. Yeah, man. And and like I think Dwayne Case is the perfect head coach for them. And it's really cool. It's really <laughs> and we got the wrong Isaiah Stewart sucks at threes. <laughs> I don't know what I just said. But it's nice to see um it's nice to see uh it's nice to see Dwayne Casey get some get some redemption because obviously it was unfair the way that his career went with Toronto. Like we had to get rid of him. We hit a crossroads. Obviously, it worked out well for us, but this is exactly the team he needs. He's so good at growing young teams like Kenny yeah. Atkinson. There's just those coaches, right? They're just really good at uh, working with young players. And, and Casey's a culture setter, right? He's such a culture setter. And you can tell that so much they have so much respect for him. He plays plays them well. Pound the rock, baby. Pound yeah. the rock. Pound never, the rock. never forget one, one, one pound at a time. Yeah, hey. like when you look at Freddie and OG, and they're they're a product of that. They are no JV, Demar, yeah. Powell, all those guys developed under Dwayne Casey. When you think of Lowry and the player that he's become, it's all like same with Demar. Um, once once we got Casey, and once he was able to play, like yeah, he he was just never that guy to take that team to the next step. But um, great coach, great development coach. So Detroit's in good hands for sure. Uh, okay, one, one more quick topic. I don't want to take too long. I know we've been on this for a while now, but 
the Raptors. So just just your general thoughts. You know, they're two and two. Um, you know, big W against the Cavs, even though they weren't they were without Garland for the second half with that poked eye. Um, they came back. I think they're down like seven or eight going to the fourth, won that one. Um, lost to the Nets. Um, next game, that was a really good game. That was a great game. We just saw Kyrie and Katie just fucking get in get into their rhythm and just make ridiculous shots. But great game by the Raptors. I I I think you mentioned in the chat that's a W for the Raptors. Just how they played and how they were able to kind of um battle with that team. And then again, they lost to the Heat, the Heat uh third game and then they won last night. So two and two. Um and anything that you've noticed so far from from this team, either it be Pascal's play, Scotty's play, any any of the younger guys, even like Precious last night. Yeah, anything that comes to your mind, just, you know, first week of the Raptors season so far. Yeah, like three things, I'll make it quick. Um, I'll just start with like the things I'm not so keen on. And then obviously a bright spot, major bright. There's a lot of bright spots with that team. Like I have, I have really high hopes for the way that the season's going to pan out. Uh, but I'm really concerned about OG. Like he's elite three and D don't get me wrong. Um, but he has serious limitations when it comes to putting the ball on the floor, serious limitations. Yep, yep, um, yep. Yesterday they closed the game with precious OG Siakam, Fred and Trent. And it was like OG was the fifth option on that, on that roster because he cannot create a shot for himself. Precious was having a great game. Trent was hitting his shots, Fred and Pascal, both doing their things and doing their thing in their bag. But OG looked at no point did he look comfortable offensively, but he looked elite defensively. Right. So I'm just concerned because we're going to need shot creation as we need as much shot creation as I, as we can get. And if OG is going to stay on the floor offensively, we're playing like four and four on five, which is a little concerning. Um, and then the other concern I have is the team goes absolutely ice fucking cold at any given point of the game. That's why I think a common theme throughout the entire season is that these games are going to be so close for the Raptors. Every game is just going to be a close game because even when they do have a lead, they're going to go on these cold streaks. Or if they start cold and, and they're down by 20, they'll come back because then they start heating up. It's the weirdest offense to predict because no one's truly an offensive talent other than Siakam. No one's like truly born an offensive like talent. Maybe Trent, but yeah, it's only just it's really Trent. just Siakam. So it's like they just go ice, ice cold because like offense isn't in these guys' veins. But yeah. uh, and like sorry, the last thing I'll just say is like Pascal, if he keeps playing this way, he's a superstar. Fucking unreal. So decisive. And the one thing I think he grew on is it was either a three-point shot or a layup and that in-between game that like Chris Bosch used to have where it was like pull-ups and and just long twos and and sort of like turn around Jace, he's hitting those. Yeah, he's hitting those. Now he's got like three layers of offense. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. No, I, I'll, I'll echo everything you said with Siakam. Like he's definitely taken that next step. Um, and I'm confident, like he made a big shot last night. He made a big shot on the perimeter. I know he had like missed a three and then... Came right back, got the got the ball, and hit a tough, tough baseline fadeaway. Um, but I like what I'm seeing with Pascal. He's super decisive. He he doesn't like turn down the three when he's wide open. He's yeah, like you said, he has that mid range like little like floater that's going in for him. That like push shot and that that spin move that 
people know it's coming every single time you you know he's going to spin to his left and just fucking do a little hook shot at the top right uh backboard and yeah he's he's playing extremely well he's getting the line quite a bit too so i know he's struggling a little bit from the line so far early in the season i think that's like the only thing i would say about his game right now other than other than that he's playing extremely well and this is not like a four game sample size to start the season it's 20 games 30 40 games from last like the last 30 40 games of last season remember he i believe he missed like the first 10 games of the of the regular season from last year and he's still and he, he didn't become an all-star but he was third team all nba that tells you how strong of a second half he had so pascal from the second half last year and the beginning of this year is a totally different player so that gives me some some hope obviously the addition of scotty barnes we kind of see like these glimpses of him being such like a freak athlete on the floor um he's like going up with one hand against six foot seven dudes on a layup and like he makes it look so easy or when he gets mismatches in the post he has such a soft touch around the rim um i'm i'm super confident the way that he's playing and again he's such like a utility type of like swiss army knife he does everything for the team you know he he he's he bring he's bring out the ball he's going to rebound and bring up the ball look for you know the guy that's pushing the ball and his shit mid-range isn't terrible his shots aren't terrible like he's taking you know good shots shots that you want him to take and develop and um yeah obviously he didn't play last game he got hurt in the third game against the heat but super bright spot i think he's yeah he's gonna be so good man i'm, I'm really glad um that, that he's kind of just being such a easy piece to throw in with the rest of the guys and gary trent Super frustrating to watch yesterday, but he he came out huge last night. Shot like one for seven, like going to the fourth and then decided to go for three for four um, uh, behind the arc last night. And yeah, Precious. Precious with 22 big rebounds last night as well. So the team's coming together. Chris Boucher, 10 points last night. Um, made like, I believe like two threes. Two, like two, uh, two threes immediately. Even Malachi Flynn made a few big shots late in the uh, first game against the Heat um, when they are trying to make it back, and then he made a big shot last night too. So I like what's going on. Banton's whatever so far. He had a great uh, preseason, but um, I think as the season goes along, I think they're probably going to trust Malachi a little more. Yeah, uh, Just so. for a shooting. Just for a shooting. They need some backcourt depth there. Um, and I like what Coloco brings. I like the kind of that seven-footer, that rim runner. And that guy that can protect the paint because we know like Achu and Boucher are more like perimeter guys, guys that like to take that three-point shot now. So nice to have that dynamic, especially with a rookie who's, again, kind of gone through a little bit of adversity so far. But um, yeah, I'm excited for the season, man. They, they just play hard. Great defensive team. And like you said, they're going to go spurts where they're going to go 0 for 10 and it's going to be tough. But they're a team that's going to play good defense hard-nosed defense, and if Siakam, Freddie, you know, Gary Trent are able to get going, then they're they're a tough team to beat for sure. It's funny, like, when you watch the Cavs and you just see the commanding presence that a guy like Mitchell has on the floor and how much it opens up everything for everyone else. You know, if we had that, like, man, be such a game-changer. It's – we have, like – five of the same people on the floor at all times. So it's so easy to game plan. 
And it was a couple, it was actually funny. Like you got a guy like Malachi Flynn for a couple of possessions creating and like dribbling through defenses and shaking things up. And it just, it, it stirs the pot. It creates so much. Imagine that on like 10 X 20 X with yeah. like a better superstar and what that does for the floor, like the spacing and everything. Um, yeah, man, like we don't have anyone that can like bring the ball up and create. Yeah, no, we don't. So okay, I'm, I'm just going to quickly end off on this one. It's a question that just came to mind because we didn't really have much of like an off season pod and obviously like the Durant situation, that saga, had it been up to you, would you have traded Scotty Barnes plus whatever picks for Kevin Durant for the t- with the team that's currently constructed, knowing that you're giving away probably 10 years of like really good young play by a really good player that has all the, you know, all the tools to become an all-star, but also knowing Durant coming off Achilles injury, all that stuff, would you have traded Scotty Barnes plus picks for Durant with this team that you kind of just described and the, and basically the missing piece that you described so far, would you have, would you have done that trade? No, no. Now that I see it, no, only because like, I don't think we plug him in and we're winning a championship. I think like, I don't know, the limitations with him on the floor would still be there. And like, it would have been what, one of those What limitations are you talking about with Durant? Shot creation, just shot creation. And like, I just feel like if you take him off the floor and like due to his injury history, uh, you take him off the floor and we're, we're still, it's, it's problematic. Is I, I compare it to exactly like Kawhi. the Damar and Kawhi trade. It's like, you know, you take that risk because you have the team built up the foundation you have, yeah. you know, Lowry, you have, I go either way. Yeah. It, it would, it would be just the rendezvous. It would be 2.0 basically. Um, but yeah, I, do you remember, I, Manny, it's actually worth watching. I haven't done it in a while, but you watch like Philly game five on and the two way player that Kawhi was like, he turned into an absolute alien for like a month where he was two way, like just psychotic free. I don't think Durant has that defensive capability. Like Kawhi was locking down. I don't know. Kawhi did some crazy shit. No, I was, uh, so um just a quick story so i was at the lakers hope opener obviously Kawhi's playing like coming off the bench and i was talking to my buddy tim i'm like yo man like i never i've never seen and i've again we've watched basketball for so long especially like poor toronto raptors basketball for so long and having Kawhi Leonard for one season was such a joy to watch every game you're like man i know where he's going i know where he's gonna pull up i know what he's gonna do and he just does it and he's just it was such a fantastic season to watch him play especially with that like surrounding cast so when we were able to like watch Kawhi kind of get to his spot early on in the Clippers Lakers game was like man it was it was really nice to finally watch kind of him play again um after such like a long hiatus due to injuries and whatnot but yeah he was what what a what a joy to watch so I'm I'm hoping to be able to watch more of more of uh the Clippers games this year and um see how he actually plays live in person uh because that's a good yeah. point. So, so, so fun to watch. So, yeah, I'm hoping that he stay healthy and that Clippers are a good team. I know he's like today, tonight, he's like load managing, so he's not playing. So that's going to be, you know, shitty if you're going to one of those games. But yeah, he's, he's always just a joy to watch. Just like the 
like such a complete NBA player, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I think, um, especially with this season, like we're at the very beginning of the pod, we're talking about like the talent being back and the league being healthy. And like, you got to realize like, look, it's the fifth game for the Mavericks. Doncic tonight, 37, 11 and seven. It's like, you have to, you have to appreciate this stuff while it's going on. If, if you go on YouTube for you're in a better time zone, but like, you know, that game that jaw had last night can get swept under the rug because I didn't stay up for it. You know what I mean? Then you don't mm-hmm. really ha- like, you're not watching sports center these days and like watching all those highlights. Like you got to watch these game recaps and experience this shit because every night it's like, get out the popcorn when you're watching like Curry, Doncic, Kawhi, John Morant. Like there's so much highlights now every single night that you might not see. Like, I don't know. I just, I hate the thought of like missing out on this shit. Yeah, no, luckily for me on the West coast, it's, pretty easy to just get caught up in games and be like oh shit i just watched a game from four to seven here and you know it's like the raptors are done i could actually do some i can do some stuff with my like evening yeah instead of, or i can just watch the late night game it's only 10 o'clock and like you know it's still still pretty early so um yeah that's that's definitely the benefit of being out here but um okay i won't i won't take any much take any much of our time it was a just nice recap of week one Obviously, so many more. The Clippers, nope. the Clippers are down seventy-four to ninety to the the, the Thunder. Well, Kawhi and PG aren't playing, so oh, both of them. That makes sense. Yeah, both of them. Sorry, you were you were just you were just uh, committed. Yeah, no, I was just wrapping up. Yeah, but uh, no, let's yeah, let's wrap this one up. Nice, nice first week of the NBA pod. Again, so much more gonna happen. Uh, obviously, the drama never ends in the NBA, so. Be nice to kind of just keep going with this. And yeah, great first first week of the NBA season pod. So yeah, I know it's a little, getting a little late for you. So yeah, I'll, I'll let you go, brother. Yeah, I think I'm going to watch maybe like the first quarter of the Warriors and Suns. I didn't think, I didn't realize they were playing tonight. True. Yeah, no, honestly, I haven't looked at the schedule. So yeah, they're playing in uh, five minutes. Cool. Yeah, let's, let's, let's keep the conversations uh going in the chat then let's see how it goes good job brother good good talking to you yeah all right yeah well uh we'll talk next week and uh yeah let's follow up on week two then good